0: He couldn't and simply wouldn't speak glowingly about himself. Indeed, although his book was an autobiography, it was in some ways almost more about other people than about himself. His book, too, is mostly a book of reminiscences about others. The purpose of this book, then, is to tell you how Yogananda was perceived by others, and especially by me. I want to show you that Paramahansa Yogananda's life was much more than that of a humble devotee who had had the great good luck to meet many great saints, and to stumble, so to speak, onto the highest levels of realization. The truth is, not every devotee on entering the spiritual path can expect to be blessed with anything like such lofty spiritual experiences. Yogananda was a towering giant among saints, one of those few who come from age to age, having been sent by God with the divine mission of guiding mankind out of the fogs of delusion into the clear light of divine understanding. In the best-known Indian scripture, the Bhagavad Gita, the Lord's Song, the statement appears, O Bharata, Arjuna, whenever virtue, dharma, or right action declines, and vice or adharma, wrong action is in the ascendant, I, the Supreme Lord, incarnate myself on earth as an avatar or divine incarnation. Appearing from age to age in visible form, I come to destroy evil and to reestablish virtue. Chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 I might add that this is not the first time that this great soul whom we know as Paramahansa Yogananda appeared on earth. Often and often, he told us, I killed Yogananda many lifetimes ago. No one dwells in this temple now but God. And the incredible depth of his compassion for suffering mankind is evident in these lines from a poem he wrote named God's Boatman. Oh, I will come back again and again, crossing a million crags of suffering. With bleeding feet I will come, if need be, a trillion times, as long as I know that one stray brother is left behind. That compassion is what I saw in his eyes every time I gazed into them deeply. It was no mere sentiment. It was the expression of his soul as he reached out with yearning to help everyone who came to him with the desire to be lifted toward final liberation in God. Chapter 1 His Beginning Years On January 5, 1893, a baby boy was born to a Bengali couple in Gorakhpur, a city in the north of India. Lal was the name they gave him. His family name was Ghosh. He was the second of four sons and the fourth of eight children. From early childhood, his mother knew his life's destiny was to live for and to serve God. He once told me that she saw him one day talking with a few little girls. Mukunda, she called to him, come away from there. That is not for you. He understood and came away. He was a child of extraordinary willpower. The following episode must have occurred when he was not much beyond the age of two. Late one evening he woke his mother to say, Mother, I want some shandesh, a Bengali sweetmeat. The shops are closed, dear, was her reply, but I want Chondage, and I want it now. What are we to do, she asked her husband.